0: Hi, friends, and welcome to A Home That Heals. I'm Dee Sarton along with my daughter Brie, and we are so glad that you're with us today. We love
1: having this opportunity to remind you and encourage you that God has made you for this role and He has made you for your kids. And today we're discovering all the ways He equips and guides us here on A Home That Heals.
0: I think we hit on a nerve with our last couple of podcasts. Multi-generational living has been our topic, and so we're going to continue it because we got a lot of feedback from a lot of folks who have interesting multi-multi-generational living situations. It's been really fun.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you either think in your mind, I would love it or I would hate it, (laughs) and we have gotten the wonderful blessing of experience in it for the last 10 years and we did a couple podcasts on you know what brought us to that and you know the highs and the lows the good the bad but today we want to talk a little bit about the effect it has had on the kids mm. and raising kids i mean can you imagine just being down the street from your grandparents growing up like it's awesome it is such a beautiful way to live and there's a lot of power in it too i think in a, In the parenting role, because you have reinforcements
0: <laughs> that would be the key is making sure you are reinforcing each other and not sort of counter Acting because you know one of the things I hear from so many grandparents is, oh, I love to have the grandkids, and then I spoil them, and then I send them home. When you're sugar in a, them up, that's they right.
1: Sure, you load them up with sugar. <laughs> that's what you do, and then you it's like payback.
0: Yeah, right? maybe that's <laughs> don't do what, that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you when you live in a situation where you're interacting daily with your grandkids in a multi generational setting, whatever that is. Like in our case, we have separate homes, but we're close in proximity. Some people live under the same roof. You suffer the same consequences of too much sugar. So you have to learn not to spoil your grandkids. I mean, we all, we got to spoil our grandkids. Or you a suffer little. the
1: consequence of your daughter marching down there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you give them? Donuts? No, it, it, but it, it's, it's got to be reinforcement for the majority of the time because otherwise. It's like so many situations. You get mixed messages. Kids get mixed messages. They get confused and it can be hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really can. But I love, you know, we've talked about the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And how, you know, really, it it has to be the right village though, right? It's not just anybody. You don't want just anybody, you know, breathing life or death into your child with their ideas and their concepts if they are totally, completely counter to what you are trying to do and what God has called you to do in your child's life. So it is such a gift to live near people. That was one of the tips we said is, you know, with multi-generational living, make sure you have shared values. That doesn't mean we agree on everything because there's things we don't. But the core things, the things mm-hmm. that really matter, mm-hmm. we do. We really have a foundation in.
0: And one thing I will say too, and I hope that you'll say, Yeah, mom, you do this really well <laughs> but that is respecting your role. Mm-hmm. Because as a grandparent, it would be really easy to to want to take over and be the parent. And that's a very different role from being the grandparent. But likewise I would say it could be easy for the parent to maybe want the grandparents to take on that parenting role. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not, but, but it could, and then that creates a problem. So I think really knowing your roles and respecting and valuing how you're raising your kids and if there are issues or concerns, being able to have open dialogue about it.
1: Yeah. I would say what, what I thought you were going to say and what triggered my thought process is there's a lot, especially in my generation, I think a lot of, what's the right word? Resentment maybe toward others, giving them parenting advice.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Parenting tips. And while I've felt that, I also have realized, you know what? I have some pretty amazing parents. I have some pretty amazing in-laws. I have some pretty amazing aunts and uncles, you know, people in my life that I've watched raise their kids well. And I I want to learn from that. Mm-hmm. I want to grow from that. And I I wonder, sometimes my mind thinks, what was it like 100 years ago, you know, Mm. or 2000 years ago, when I believe that was more a part of culture, you know, where parenting advice was passed down generation to generation, you know, the mom would have the baby, and all the ladies would come around her and, you know, teach her how to to care for the love, you know, the little child that she just had and how to raise them. But those people had an investment because they were a part of that child's life. Mm -hmm. It was more community. It was more, you know, just involved in the everyday life of one another. And so probably that parenting advice was welcomed because it just felt more like love than, um, you know, what you really need to do with that kiddo, you know. Mm -hmm. Ooh, she's being a little brat. You need to, you know, smack her upside the head or yeah, yeah. whatever it is. But it just felt like it was being given in love.
0: Maybe. And, oh, and that's one of the cool things about multi generational living is you get a really holistic view of your grandchildren as a grandparent. Mm. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, they aren't just on their best behavior. You really understand them. I think in a in a way that is um, maybe you're able to offer if you're going to offer advice, which I think you do you know, with a lot of prayer and and really conversation and consideration. But if you're going to offer advice, you have a great idea of how this child is and what triggers them or what, you know, what's going on. It isn't just that they're irritating you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and you see what the parents are doing. You know, I think sometimes we're so quick to judge. You know, we think, oh, if those parents would only, you know, discipline Mm -hmm, their child or if those parents would only fill in the blank, when we really don't know. We don't know how hard they might be working on, you know, the behavior that this child is struggling with or um, or might be, you know, just really trying to shepherd that child's heart. And it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So when you're living Together or in close proximity, you really see that.
0: Well, let's talk about uh this aspect of it too. Because what you and I talk about a lot and comes out in our podcast often is the books we're reading. Mm. Because we you know, you'll read a parenting book and you'll say, Oh, I really like this idea. And so usually we'll swap books and I'll read it so I kind of understand where you're coming from. I think that's a really good practice whether you're in multi-generational living or not, because it kind of gives you a neutral place to discuss parenting ideas and whether they have uh, merit or not. But also, I think because your generation maybe didn't have the benefit of always older people living close to you, really involved in your lives because we've scattered ourselves so far across the country, then you'd read a book and you'd suddenly become an expert and not want to hear what maybe your mom or your dad the grandma and grandpa to those kids has to say. Oh, do you think? Or that. yes, I did that. Yes, yeah, I
1: did that. Yeah. And I really have realized how I would read a book and I'd get so excited because I thought, oh, this is it. This oh yeah, is the method that I was looking the for. magic my pill. life Like this is gonna be it. <laughs> it's I'd, gonna all work. All I have to do is implement these steps. You've heard me talk about this before. I'm so guilty. And then I would implement the steps. And nothing was happening because these experts, <laughs> yeah. they didn't know my kiddo. They didn't know, you know, our situation, our life. And and my kid doesn't fit in a box. And I've got mm-hmm. four of them. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they don't all fit into the same box. No, <laughs> they are so all true. different, so right? You know, you feel the same way, too. You look at your two, three children, and you're like, wow, how are you so different? Yeah. Couldn't you give me people.
0: one recipe here so that it would always come out just right at the oh, end of the day? Right. Yeah. 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 So, no, I was that way. I really was. Well, I think we all would tend to be because because when a person writes a book, they write it, it's usually written in a persuasive manner you know it's to persuade you that this is the answer you've been looking for so yeah. that they can sell books I mean yeah. that's just kind of the way it goes but we all know that it is hard to raise kids in any kind of a cookie cutter situation yeah. but reading the same books has been really good for our parenting and, and grandparenting because and i have got to be honest I don't always read the book cover to cover you know, good thing about her is she highlights, and so that can kind of help me a little bit. But, but I'll read it and try to understand what you're talking about. And I, I think that maybe is a good thing to do, a good way to make sure you have open communication about parenting the children in a multigenerational setting.
1: Yeah. No, I do think that has helped. And it also, one of the huge benefits to me in raising my kids really with you guys nearby is it doesn't feel so lonely, you know, parenting can feel really, really lonely at times. Um, especially if you're dealing with a challenge, especially, you know, I know, oh, we have had, we have, haven't we had just the neatest time meeting people as we go out and talk. So we met you and, you know, Whatever the challenge is, it could just be a challenging time in your child's life, in your life, in your relationship. It could be raising children um, that have special needs that are just far more than you can bear and that you can do alone. And so, when you have people in your corner, there's just nothing like it. You don't. It's like it's such a blessing from God. And so, mm. I I do think as parents we have to we have to ask for help. We have to pray and seek and look for those people that God might be putting in our life and humble ourselves to really allow God to use them because God has used you guys mightily in our life to just especially in those times when I just felt really really lonely and I felt like nobody would understand and I know as a parent I want to guard my children like I'm a mama bear I I do not I don't want anybody else to to see, you know, the bad things or the (laughs) difficulties or the challenges. I don't really love highlighting that. In fact, when we started this podcast, that's something that I really, really struggle with because I love my kids. I want to protect them. But with you, I feel like I can let down a guard and I can share that because I know you love them. You're going to love them no matter what. And you're going to pray for them. And so Mm. I just encourage you, even if you're not like, hey, come move into my house with me. <laughs> let's live together. Yeah. Let, let's start being each other's community. You know, God created community for a reason, and we can really help one another out.
0: I think we've talked about this before, but you were so powerful at a recent engagement that we had. We were speaking at a women's conference, and you, you spoke to the older women there and in such a heartfelt way told us, that you need us and that you know you you know your generation raising children in a really challenging time in history you need us but i i i thought that was such a great message because a lot of times we don't feel like maybe we're welcome or who would want my involvement you know what how would that how would that look so again it comes down to communication and really opening yourself up being a little bit vulnerable but also really being willing to talk about what you need mm-hmm. and letting people know, oh, goodness, it's, it's such a privilege to be that in, intimately involved and, and, and really um, being able to see the fruit and the wins that yeah. come along as a result of that.
1: So I've, I'd just like to close this out just with encouraging both ends of the spectrum. Parents, if you're in the thick of it, pray, seek, wise counsel wise women men in your life who can um who can pass on those parenting tips and ideas because there are books but we (laughs) we can't just find all the answers in books sometimes we need real life people right there Mm -hmm. alongside of us Mm -hmm. and then you you who have already been through it, and your kids have survived <laughs> encourage us, we need your encouragement because it is it is a challenging time, and while maybe you didn 't face the same challenges that we 're facing, um, I would like to leave you with this quote because I found this very, very encouraging. I was reading one of dr dobson 's books. Recently, and we were thinking about talking about this, and I loved this. He said in his book, I'm even more convinced now that the principles of good parenting are eternal, having originated with the creator of families. The inspired concepts in scripture have been handed down generation after generation and are just as valid for the 21st century as they were for our ancestors. While we might be living in challenging times, There have been challenging times before for generations. And this parenting thing has been going on from the beginning. And so you have value, you have worth, um, you have wisdom that God has given you, and he wants you to pass that along. And then parents, they've got it. They've got the wisdom. They've been through it. Let's let them pass that on to us so that we cannot feel so lonely. Mm.
0: Oh, that's a good that's a good word. And really it all boils down to both sides being in the word. Mm. Knowing that we are really committed to godly wisdom. That's probably the the key to all of it. Oh, thank you for sharing that, hon. Well, we're so glad you're with us. As we said at the top of this, we um have Felt like we've struck a a bit of a nerve, but we also know that not everybody's living in a multi-generational, close proximity setting, but the ideas hopefully can really apply across the board. Because you know what? We have these amazing things right now that can do FaceTime. Mm -hmm. I think that is so cool that you can do that. And I've talked to a lot of you that um, have grandkids that live across the country, but you found creative ways to do FaceTime. So if you've got some ideas on how you do multi-generational living that might be a little bit out of the norm, then please let us know. I, we, can I just read one of these real interesting situations that we heard from on our Facebook page? Verna, she was telling me that they have a multi-generational living situation. She says, my mother passed away several years ago. One of my brothers and I share her house. One of my sons and his son also live with us. Now, oh. think of that. Oh, Isn't that wow. interesting? And then I, I asked her a few questions, and she told me that really it started out, it's, it's for financial reasons, mm-hmm. and that's what's happened to a lot of families, especially right now with all the, the financial challenges out there. She says, it's not all peaches and cream, but it works for us. Mm. She says, you do need to have space where you can be alone, and we talked about that in our previous podcast. Yes. And then she also said that... Um, She said, uh, we split the utilities, take turns with the groceries, and my advice would be to have everyone share in the household chores. What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) And not expect one person to do it all because that one person will burn out and then you have a very bad day. So trust me on this one. She said that for my grandson, he benefits from having Nana Uh, and then Papa, who's the uncle, and Daddy, all in one house. Mm -hmm. And she said they they get along. They love their family. And I just thought that was such a unique take on multi generational living. It can look like anything. It can look like FaceTime. Mm -hmm. But we can plug in and really make a difference in each other's lives.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you for joining us today. If you have ideas, send them. Send a message on Facebook, Instagram, at A Home That Heals. We'd also love if you would subscribe and share this. Hey, maybe think, ooh, I really want to live with this person, subscribe, share it. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe in a year you'll be telling us how y'all live together. That's awesome. Again, thank you for joining us on A Home That Heals. We look forward to being with you next time. A Home That Heals is produced in partnership with 89.5 KTSY. To find out more about them, go to
0: ktsy.org.